is an exciting morning. Last Sunday evening, we had our vision night and annual church family meeting, and thank you to all of you who are part of that. We're going to share an update from 2017 and all of the things that God did in our lives and in our church last year, but it is now 2018, and not only that, it's February. How did that happen, right? I, I couldn't believe it this morning. I'm going, it's February, but this year is marching on, and I believe that God has a special word for us Last Sunday night, I shared just briefly uh, a word that God had given me for our church. Each year, I take time to pray and, and ask the Lord and seek the Lord and ask Him, what, did it, what is it that you're leading us to this year? And this is more than a goal. It's not just setting a goal and say, well, let's just pick something out of the air and say, well, let's just go for that. I, I, I've heard this statement before, if you aim at nothing, you're sure to hit it right? And so it's good to set goals, but the word of the Lord for a church is more than simply a goal. It is this. It is being spirit-led into a new season, and a new year is just that. It's a new season. It's a new opportunity. It's a new span of time where we mark the end of the year, the beginning of the year, and in between all kinds of things that we celebrate. And asking the Holy Spirit, what is it that you're leading us into? For a couple of years when I was young, I got to live in Hawaii, and we lived on a very lush part of the big island. Uh, there's lots of valleys and, and hiking trails, but one of the things that you learn very quickly when you go hiking in Hawaii is you want to follow the person with the machete <laughs> because they clear the way. So even established trails, things grow so quickly there, there'll be vines and there'll be things that come across the trail and get in the way, and if you try and blaze your own way, it's just hard. You're going to get whacked in the face with branches. You're going to walk through spider webs like you've never seen before. So you just want to follow the guy with the machete because he's going to open up a way for you to follow in. This is the picture of what the word of the Lord is for the year. The Holy Spirit is going ahead of us and saying, I, with a spiritual sword, am, am, am taking the fight to the enemy in this direction. Fall in line behind me. Walk with me. Because I will prepare a way, and that way will open up opportunities for you. And so often what we do in our lives is we ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit, we go it on our own, and we walk through these spiritual branches that keep whacking us in the face. And so this isn't just good for us to do as a church, it's good for us to do personally. The Holy Spirit is going ahead of us, and He is clearing out a path of effectiveness, effective ministry, effective growth. And so I've taken time to pray and say, Lord, what is it that you have for us this year? How are you leading us? Where are you leading us? And in doing so, he led me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. You can open your Bibles there this morning. We're going to spend a little bit of time in 1 Peter 2, verse 4 through 5. The words will also be up on the screen. Peter writes this. He says, as you come to him, the living stone... Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is a powerful passage of Scripture, and there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of metaphors going on here. You know, all throughout Scripture, God uses metaphors to describe His kingdom. 
to describe the ways that he moves. One that we use most often here at Thrive Church is that of a tree. The seed being planted and the roots growing and the trunk being established and then leaves and then ultimately fruit. It's a part of our whole process. But this morning we're looking at a different metaphor and that is the one of building. See, the word for our church this year is the word build. You might have guessed that because it's on the bulletin. It's probably been up on the screen. The word build. And the word build is a powerful word. It's an important word. We understand that even as we drive around town and we see buildings being built, homes being built, we understand that things have to be built. God is calling us into a season of building as a church. Building what? You're going a building? No, not a building. Because the church is not a building. The church is people. And so God is calling us to build three things. He's calling us to build people. He's calling us to build ministry so that we can reach more people. And he's calling us to build his kingdom, which extends beyond just this gathering in this room. He's calling us to build people. He's calling us to build ministry. And he's calling us to build his kingdom. See, Peter here is drawing from an image that his audience would have been very familiar with. Anyone want to venture a guess what he was talking about? What that picture would have been? Anyone? No? You're all nervous. It's the temple in Jerusalem. The temple in Jerusalem. These living stones being fit together. Listen to the, the words he uses. He says that we're living stones, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, and spiritual sacrifices. All of these things, the priesthood, the, the spiritual house, the temple, the sacrifices, that all happened in Jerusalem at the temple. And the temple, uh, both, there were two temples. There was Solomon's temple and then later on Herod's temple. And before that, as the Israelites were wandering in the desert and before Solomon built the temple, they had the tabernacle, which stood at the center of the, 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 the nation of Israel, literally in the middle of where they lived. Set on a high place so that everyone could see. And it was this place where people would come to get as close to God as they possibly could. In fact, this picture right here is the Western Wall, also known as the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. And this is the, the wall, the retaining wall that at one time held the temple. Of course, we know that the temple doesn't stand there right now. There's a mosque, uh, the Alaska Mosque that is in that place. And so for the Jewish people, the Western Wall is as close as they can get to where the temple once stood. And it's the place that they come and they pray and they come up to this wall and they touch it and they, they, put, they write down prayers and they stick those prayers in the crevices of that wall. Why is it? They want to be as close to the presence of God. They want to stand as close as they could be to this place. And God had given strict instructions about how both the tabernacle and then later on the temple would be built. These stones, in the picture, they don't look that big. And as you go even lower, the stones are massive, massive stones, some weighing 70 tons, holding up this, this plateau where the temple was built. As Peter talked about these living stones, these sacrifices, this priesthood, people in that time would have automatically thought of the temple, this place where God, uh, people would go to worship God. Incidentally, it's also the same place on Mount Moriah where Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac in the Old Testament. 
It's also the place where Jesus was crucified on Mount Moriah. It's a holy site. In fact, in, in Judaism, the phrase is this, once a holy place, always a holy place. And that's why this Temple Mount is so contested. But I've got to tell you, Peter, though using the metaphor of building, was not talking about literal bricks and stone and a literal building. He talks about people. See, Jesus changed all of that. It went from being a place to being a people. And isn't it true that so often, even in the church in America today, we confuse the church with a place and forget that we're a people? Amen? For our church, we're responsible for who we are and what God, and what we receive from God in this place. In this place, it's about people. The kingdom of God is all about? About relationship and people. Yes. Four things that stand out, rather five things that stand out in this passage. He says that Jesus, as the living stone, is chosen and he is precious. Chosen and precious. And he says, you're just the same. That God sees you as chosen and precious. You know that there's no one living stone that's more important than the other. He says that you are precious to God. He knows who you are. And just like we dedicated baby Charlotte, God God says she's precious to me and I have a plan for her life. And she has a specific place where she fits within my kingdom and within the body of Christ. You are precious. Now the guys are like, really, I'm precious. Yes, you're valuable to God. Incredibly more valuable than you even know. You are precious. He says that we're living stones. The picture here that Peter is using is not that of a boulder, not of stones picked at random and then trying to make them fit. Just like with this temple, one of the things that's so fascinating about this is Herod was a master builder, a master builder. The way that he shaped these stones, they fit together perfectly, so much so that Thousands of years later, they still stand. That's funny. If you go on one of the tours, you can go under the city and you can see some of the older construction. And uh, after Herod had died, his son took over and his son was not as good of a builder. And you can literally see the place where Herod stopped building and his son took over. Because the stones were not as precise. And so Peter's not referring to random stones. He's referring to something very specific. Stones that were shaped to sit to fit in a certain place, to serve a, a certain function. He goes on to say that you're a spiritual house, being built into a spiritual house. You, you are the temple. And we're going to read some passages in a minute that back that up. Don't take my word for it. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not a building It was neat to go see the Western Wall, to walk around the Temple Mount. And yes, it is the place where Jesus will return, but not because there's a building there. Jesus is all about relationship. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a spiritual house and God is building you. He says that you are a holy priesthood. This is significant for us. See, the priests were the only ones allowed to go into the temple and actually be in the presence of God. No one else could go, only the priest. And the priest had to go on behalf. What he is saying here is that we are all priests. 
Why? Because the shed blood of Jesus Christ gives us permission to come boldly before the throne of God. That we don't have to hold back. That we get to come and face him personally. To have that relationship with him one-on-one. So what was once reserved for a few is now offered to everyone. That you are free to stand in the presence of God and be in relationship. And then he says spiritual sacrifices used to be that they would have to sacrifice animals. The temple was a busy place. It was a bloody place. Because those sacrifices were not perfect, and so they had to be offered over and over and over again. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we don't have to do that anymore. So what is the spiritual sacrifice we offer? It's our, it's our praise. It's our lives. It's our service. It's our love. It's our kindness. It's the fruit of the Spirit being evident in our lives as we impact each other in the world for the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 12 says that we don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but we're conformed to his kingdom and to his likeness. And it's in that that we can test what God's will is. And it's in that that we offer worship to him. I want to illustrate my point this morning. You might be wondering what all this is up front. I'm going to invite Andrew to come join me up here for a few minutes. We're going to do a little building today. And I'm going to put on a pair of gloves because... We're building, and when you're building, you need to wear gloves, right? I moved these bricks around quite a bit yesterday, and I woke up this morning with my right hand cramping. I was like, oh, I need to get some help today. So Andrew's up here. Let me ask you, what, what is this? Cinder block. It's a brick. For our purposes this morning, it's a living stone. All it is is a brick, and it doesn't really serve much of a purpose by itself, does it? You could hold down the corner of a tarp or something or maybe prop up a table, drop it on your toe. But, but, but on its own, it's, it doesn't serve much of a purpose. But when it, you start putting these together, they start coming together and making something special. So let's get, start getting these across here, Andrew. We're going to take a few minutes to do this. So the Bible says that you are a living stone and you have a place in God's kingdom We're not going to build a house. We're going to build just a little wall here. But he says, you have a place in God's kingdom, and it's a unique place. See, we can't just haphazardly put these these stones or these bricks on this wall. Otherwise, what would happen? Anyone? It would fall down. Thank you. It would fall down. We get this. How many of you have one of these in your house or around your house? When we were in Haiti... We notice that almost all the homes there are built out of these kinds of bricks. Starting to see that these are just bricks, but now we're starting to see something emerge. What does it say? I know it's a little hard to see in the back. It says house. It says house. And so it seems like these were just bricks, but now, and we're not going to build a house because we don't have enough time and enough bricks. By the way, as Andrew keeps putting some of these, didn't realize you were going to get a workout this morning, did you? Um, what, what needs to happen for us to build a solid wall or a solid house? A good foundation. I actually was thinking about doing this on a raised platform so you could see better, and I realized that would not be a good foundation. It would not end well, right? And so, so now we're starting to see, what does it say now? Spiritual house. So, so there's this spiritual house. All right, now we'll get to 
work as a team here. Teamwork makes the... <laughs> it's a spiritual house being built. Now, this is just blocks and a wall, but imagine God saying, hey, there's, there's this spiritual house. By the way, you recognize something? It takes time. It takes time. Walls don't build themselves. God builds his church. He builds his kingdom. And he says, no, you, you see what it says now? God's spiritual house. Whose spiritual house? Can we give it up for Andrew this morning? This is God's spiritual house. No, it's just a brick wall. We know that. God says that we all being fit together, that these bricks each have a shape. In fact, some of these on the end here have to be a little smaller so that they can fit into that space so that there's not the overlap. Otherwise, the wall becomes unstable. It's not steady. We are being built into God's spiritual house. See, we are as the church a prophetic witness. God's desire for Israel and, and for the temple and the tabernacle is that they would be a prophetic witness to the world. And God's very specific with his children. He says that, that you would have a fragrance, that you would have a, a reputation in the world that says that I'm, we're not like everyone else. And that we'll be something attractive about who you are. They're building some houses right across, right around the corner from our house. And... Uh, I love building, I love things mechanical, and uh, it was fascinating. They put up the big sign and said, this is what these houses are going to look like. But the, the picture is not the house. The picture is, you can't live in a picture, right? It was just the picture. It was just the, the architect's rendering. And so they came in, and the first thing they did is they dug up the ground, and they pulled out all kinds of garbage and trash and boulders, and they prepared the soil, and, and then they came in, and they put the forms in for the footing and for the foundation, and they poured the concrete, and we're driving by every day going, okay, what's going on with it? But here's the thing. Foundations aren't particularly exciting, are they? You know, look at a foundation and go, well, that is a good foundation. Man, that's a beautiful foundation. Anyone? Because if you do, you're just weird. And if you're weird, just acknowledge it right now. Ray's like, that, that's me, because you're a builder. Because you know how important it is. And as, as important as a foundation is, no one goes, well, I know what the house looks like. No, I know what the foundation looks like, and the foundation is ready to receive what's supposed to be built on it. Can I tell you, at Thrive Church, we're building on a solid foundation. There are men and women who have served faithfully over years, over decades in the life of this church, who have built a solid foundation. Pastor David Turner, Pastor David Metzger, and countless others who have been a part of the life of this church have poured and laid a solid foundation for us to build on. Can we say thank you to the Lord for everyone who has been a part of that this morning? Thank you, Jesus. But church, I got to tell you, it's time to build. God is calling us to a season of building. He's calling us to a season where people will no longer drive by and go, I wonder what's happening there. I wonder what's taking place, and, and believe me, I'm not talking about a place, I'm talking about a people, that the people in your office, the people in your neighborhood would go, what is up with you? What is it about your life? There's something different about who you are, and you would declare to them, maybe not out loud, but say, I'm God's spiritual house. Say, I'm the house. Come on, you can do better than that. I'm the house. 
We are God's spiritual part. Now, you can see what it says on the front, but let me show what it says on the back. It's you. It's you. By the way, if I missed your name, I'm really sorry. I try to get everyone in there. I didn't do it intentionally. If I missed you, my bad. In fact, I realized this morning I missed my family, so you're in good company. <laughs> it's you. And you fit. You're a part of what God is doing in this place. And I want to tell you right now, maybe you felt here at Thrive that you're on the outside looking in. Or you have nothing to offer. Or you're not ready. Or God's not... He's got stuff to, can, you just, can we just all agree we all have stuff, right? We all have issues, we all have hang-ups, we all need healing, we all are broken. But as we celebrate a communion today, God took care of that. You belong because you are a part of God's spiritual house. And here's the reality. If I were to take out a brick or two right out of the middle, what's going to happen? It's going to collapse. That your part of this church, of this expression of the body of Christ, is so critically important. And I see this all the time in church, that people downplay their role, their importance, their contribution. Stop. God has you here for a reason. And if you don't know what that reason is, we'd love to help you figure it out. But we together are being built into a spiritual house established on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ so that we can have a prophetic witness in the world around us so that people walking by, driving by, sitting at the table next to us go, what is it about your life? Because I like what I see. I want in. I want to be a part of that. Let me read a few verses to you. Ephesians two seventeen. Through 22, he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to you who were near. For though through, through him we have both access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. You're not a foreigner and you're not a stranger, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. By the way, we talk about church membership. And I know for some people it's like, well, membership. Is that like a membership at 24-hour fitness? No, it's not. A membership at Costco? No, it's not like that either. What is membership? It means that you are a part of a household. And there's things that come with membership. Accountability, care, right? Responsibility. You're a member of a household. You know there's responsibility. Last night, we were prepping for the Super Bowl party. Oh, I can't say that. Big game party? Just kidding. No one's going to listen. It'll be all right. And I know this, Megan was like, hey, no sitting around. We got work to do, family. Why? Because you're a member of this household. It's an honor to be a member of God's family. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Listen to this. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Is that not a beautiful picture? That's you. 
That's you. It's, it's your names on the back of this wall. You can come check it out later. The Bible also says this. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Whom you receive from God? You are not your own. I mentioned that earlier. Here's the proof. Your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 3 through 6 says this, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house, and we are His house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. One more, 1 Timothy three fourteen through 15, although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God the pillar and foundation of the truth. Did you hear that? That you are the pillar and foundation of truth. That Jesus has established something and we get to stand in the world as a pillar and a foundation of truth. Would you agree with me this morning that the world is confused about what's true and what's false? He's calling you to be a pillar of truth in the world as you are part of his household. There's others, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through, uh, 3, 9 through 17, you can read that, it basically says is that God is building. In fact, there's one verse I want to read here, it says, if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, and hands to all, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will be coming and it will be brought to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. God here talks about us being a wise builder. He says this, don't build foolishly. Don't, don't ignore things. Don't ignore gaps in the wall. We've all seen houses that are in disrepair, that need a lot of help. We've all heard stories. Have you any HGTV fans in the house, right? Homes on homes, he goes into these houses and he does these inspections and he exposes everything that's like behind the drywall. Says this house is about to fall down around you. There's a commitment on our part as members of the household of God to do good work, to not skimp. And I say, oh, that's good enough. You know, what's amazing is that there's so many aspects of our life where we give 110%. And God is saying, would you give the greatest effort, the greatest quality, the greatest skill to my kingdom. Now listen, this is not about Thrive Church. It impacts Thrive Church, but this is about what God is calling you to as a member of his household. Are you ready to build with quality, not with wood, hay, or straw? things that will be consumed. God will test. And this is kind of the scary bit, but it's exciting at the same time. The Bible says that God will test our work, that we will stand before him one day and give an account of what we did with what he entrusted to us. 
You might say, well, that sounds like going to the principal's office, which I don't like. I'm out. I don't have to go anymore. But no one likes that feeling. That, this is not that. This is the, the entrusting of skills, abilities, talents, treasures to God's people and him saying to us, I want to invest in your life and I want you to invest in my kingdom. Would you be, would you be a part of what I'm building would you fit into the place that has been, been, been chosen for you as a living stone, supporting those around you and supporting the work taking place within you? God is calling us as a church. God is calling us as a church. God is calling us as a church into a season of building. Notice I didn't say God is calling me as a pastor, though I have my part to play. He's calling us as a church in three specific areas that I want to touch on this morning as we draw to a close here in a minute. The first is this. We're all about building people. It's our priority. Why people? Because it's all about? It's all about relationship. You guys are going to get really good at this by the end of the year. It's all about relationship, and so it must be about building people. People individually, people in, in, the, in a family unit, Homes, marriages, and ultimately this fellowship of believers. It's about people. It's a, it's a great reminder for us because we don't have our own church building. Every Sunday is a reminder that it's about people. Because we can't go, oh, look at what we built. We, we didn't build this building. We are the spiritual house. So we're going to focus this year on discipleship and the home. We're going to focus on discipleship and the home. How? We're introducing something brand new this year called a thriving growth track. Thriving growth track. What is thriving growth track? It's a five words, a series of four classes, each uh, a few weeks long. The first one will be five weeks long. And it's a growth track of classes that you can be a part of and start going deeper in your relationship with God. By the way, four, four stages that we're going to cover. Any guess what those are going to be? No, grow, serve, go. Because that's the church that God's called us to be. And so the very first one starts on March 7th, Wednesday, March 7th. There'll be Wednesday nights for five weeks. They'll be at the Thrive Center. They'll go for an hour and a half. And the invitation to you is this. Come be a part of something brand new at Thrive Church that I believe will be a key part of God transforming lives in not just in this church, but in our community. So the Thriving Growth Track, five weeks starting on March 7th, and I'd love for you to be a part of that. We're going to take a look, a deeper look at what it means to know God, know yourself, and know others, because it's all about relationship, and that is absolutely foundational for us. As I already mentioned, we also have the Married for Life class starting next Sunday, and I'll, I'll, I'll plug it again, and this is not advertising, this is life change. You're like 12 weeks, that's a long time. It's really not. Right? We blinked and it was the end of January. It's not that long. It's an investment in your marriage. Stop by the hub, talk to Jim and Casey, find out more information. We believe that ministering to marriages in this community is one of the keys to reaching our city. But it starts with us. It has to start with us because we can't tell other people, hey, come check this out if we're not willing to go there ourselves. Amen? Invest in your marriage. 
We have the Genesis process, which is ongoing. We're in a season right now, and then next year you'll have the opportunity. And other things that will focus on discipleship. Honestly, our park day on the first Sunday of the month. Being in relationship with people will build your faith, will draw you closer to Jesus. It's what Jesus did sitting around the fire with his disciples, having a conversation. That's what most of the Gospels are. It's just us being a fly on the wall to the conversations that they had. The next thing that God wants to build after people is ministry, is ministry. That the ministries of the church exist to bless and serve those who come in and become a part of Thrive Church. We've talked about this over the last few weeks, talking about serving, talking at our vision night last week. But there's a lot happening at the church, but I believe there's a lot more that needs to happen. That God is going to give us innovation and ways to reach our city. You know that over half of our church is under the age of 20. Over half our church is under the age of 20. And most Sunday mornings, if not all, we have 50%, over 50% of our congregation is out in a classroom. They're kids. That this generation, Gen Z and, and the following generations, I lose track of what they're all called, will be the largest generation in the history of the world. We as a church better be ready to minister to that generation and reach that generation. We live in Glendora, California. This is our reality. You might live in another city, but you're in the vicinity. There's a lot of kids. By the way, I believe one of the reasons that God has us in Sellers Elementary School, this is an epicenter for our community. The Glendora Unified School District office is the building right next door to us. God is lining us up to have a kingdom impact in our schools, in our community, so we can reach kids. And you want to reach adults, reach their kids. I've had so many stories and seeing kids come to Thrive Church for the first time, and, and they're the ones bugging their parents to come back again. I love that. Ray was sharing with me. He's like, these girls are up at 6 a.m. going, okay, Daddy, we've got to get ready for church. And he's like, it's 6 o'clock. But they're excited to be here. Maybe God's calling you to be a part of that team and investing in our next generation, in our kids, our youth, meet on Thursday night. Maybe God's stirring on your heart to be a part of our youth ministry. Can I tell you, if God's stirring your heart and you're ignoring him, there's a brick missing in the wall. It's just the fact. Don't ignore the voice of the Holy Spirit. I believe that there's going to be other ideas for ministries this next year, but we've got to take care of some things at home right now. And then God wants to build his kingdom, extending beyond the walls of our church. This community, as important as it is, God's calling us to reach out beyond. So the question is, how are we reaching our community and the world? We've talked about the convalescent ministry on Sunday mornings. Jim and Candy and Sandy every Sunday going faithfully to serve. But can I tell you, they need help. They need help. They were there from 9.30 till about 10.45-ish, and they're right here. But they make it back for church every Sunday. Is God stirring your heart to go be a part of that? They also need people to go during the week. Sandy, would you just wave your hand, Sandy. I know she goes during the week. Jim goes as well to go and visit people in a convalescent home. Maybe you can't go on Sunday, but during the week, you're like, yeah, I'd love to go maybe once a month and just go love on people. 
They'd love to have your partnership. They'd love it. Missions, we've talked about missions, partnering in missions, giving to missions, going on missions trips. We have a partnership with Sellers Elementary School, or a ministry where we, we, we love on them. You, maybe you didn't know this. Jamie and, and some of the ladies head this up. And every month we have gifts and little cards. This last week, they, this last month they had a winter survival kit with tissues and hand sanitizer and so it's so creative. I got a card, a teacher driving by on Friday night gave us a card saying, thank you so much for what you do for us every month. It blesses us. Easy. Would you be a part of that? And we're trusting that God's going to open doors for us even here at Sellers Elementary School with some other ideas that are kind of percolating right now so we can have a greater impact for the kingdom of God. So let me ask you this question as we close this morning. Where do you fit? Where is your place in what God is building? Let me ask you this question. Are you ready to build? My prayer is this, that you would not be a spectator this year. That you would jump in and say, I am ready. God, unleash whatever it is you have for me. Like I said, if you don't know, if you're confused about what that might be or you need some help, I would love the opportunity to sit down with you and let's have a conversation over a cup of coffee, or tea, or water, <laughs> and say, what is it? how is God shaping you? How has he gifted you? How can we partner this morning and this year? Maybe your name's not on that wall. Maybe you're visiting with us this morning. I know we've got a lot of guests. Maybe God's stirring your heart as a visitor, as a guest this morning. You're like, I want to be a part of that. Can, I want to say, come join us. We're having a blast. It's going to be a great year. If you're visiting and you you feel like God is stirring your heart, say, "I, I think I might want to be a part of this. We would love to have you. We would love to have you. Make sure you fill out a connect card and we'd love to say hi. Come find me after service. I'm going to invite the ushers to come because I tell you what, talk can be cheap, right? We have a card that we're going to pass out. We're going to take a minute and I'm going to ask you to fill this out right now. See, because what happens is that, the, that God deposits a seed and then we walk out the door and we start thinking about it. And the Bible says that, all, that the enemy could come and actually steal what God is wanting to deposit. And so this is not an arm twist. It's an opportunity. If God is stirring your heart right now, yeah, let's go ahead and pass those out. If God is stirring your heart right now, then respond This is not a hard commitment. If you check a box and you're like, I'm not going to be calling you up going, yeah, but you check the box, right? It's not like that. But I believe that God is calling us as a church to build, and it takes all of us jumping in and saying, yes, Lord, I'll be a part of what you want to do this year. There's even a box that says, I don't know, I'd like to talk to a pastor, I'd like to talk to someone. Would you check as many of those boxes as you feel God is stirring on your heart? I'm going to give you a couple of minutes. We're just going to be quiet. If you need a pen, anyone need a pen, just raise your hand. We can get you a pen. Good.
Am I there? There we go. When you're done, here's what I want you to do. You just fold it in half. Fold the card in half and then just pass it. We're going to pass the cards this way. So from my left, your right, we're going to pass over to you, towards your left. And why don't we do this aisle right here, Jim? Except for this section right here. Let's throw some confusion into the mix. Oh, all the way over? All right, we're going all the way over. It's like the wave. We're getting ready for the football game today. All right, you can just pass the card like that, and we'll get a little wave going. When you're done, let's just go ahead and start passing those over. Are you excited this morning that you're a part of God's spiritual house? Okay, like four of you. Are you excited to be a part of God's spiritual house? What a gift. What a gift that we get to participate, that we get to partner with what God is doing. And He is on the move. And I got to tell you, it's not just here at Thrive Church. I talk to friends of mine. I talk to uh, hear stories from around our movement within Foursquare and the church at large. God is on the move. God is on the move. He is stirring people's hearts. Our times of prayer on Monday nights with the ladies and Friday mornings with the men is powerful. I want to encourage you. Take time to come and pray. Be here at 9.30 on Sunday mornings and pray with us. God is moving in the midst of his people. Let's stand together as we close. This morning, I want to give this invitation. If you've not given your life to Jesus, if you've never said yes, saying, Lord, be the Lord of my life. Jesus, be the king of my heart. And as we've been sharing this morning and, and during the time of worship, maybe your heart was stirred to say, I want what they have. I want what's going on in this place. It's simply that. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. If that's you this morning and you would say, yes, Lord, I want to have a relationship with you, would you simply do this? Would you raise your hand? No one's looking around, but I want to agree with you. Would you simply raise your hand so I can see and I will agree with you? Okay. Father, this morning, can we lift our hands to the Lord just a sign of surrender, but also acceptance, receiving from him. Father God, pour out your spirit on us this year. Pour out your spirit. God, would you move in mighty ways? Would you move in mighty ways in individuals? In each person, Lord, would you move in mighty ways in marriages and in families? God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit on our children. As the prophet Joel prophesied that in the last days, your spirit would be poured out on all flesh. Pour out your spirit. I pray that God, 2018 truly would be a year of building. That we would see lives built, ministries built, and your kingdom built in this community and to the ends of the earth. Thank you, God, that you have called us to be a part of your spiritual house and that we fit exactly where it is as living stones precious to you in the right place within your body. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Let's close with worship. By the way, our our prayer team is available after service at the back. If you need to pray with someone, they'd love to pray with you. Let's worship together.